This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, what a weekend it was. We've got football. We've got basketball. We've got baseball. we got Gordon and I next on ESPN New York Tonight. Chilling with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, you can reach us at Gordon Damer, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We're here till midnight, along with Brian, the good vibes, Mangia. At that time, it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Good Monday evening, Gordon. It's a far better Monday evening, Larry, than it was a Sunday night in the Damer household. Now, this is not the up-tempo, I love everything. Oh, Larry, what's going on? How was your weekend? This sounded like this was not a good specific Sunday or weekend overall, Gordon. Uh, a specific day, a specific game. The bandwagon has been broken up, Larry. I was driving it. We were cruising on the highway. The songs were on the radio. Everybody was having a grand old time. And then we stopped in Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Yeah, and Kansas City, there go the Bills. (laughs) Yeah, it was a rough one. It was a rough one, Gordon. It was a rough one. Now, yes. Now, now, I've always wanted to ask this, and you, you can handle this, and this is from both sides, both sides, both games. As you're watching these games and you're thinking uh, promo code Gordon. Yes. How, how, do you, how are you able to watch these games when promo code Gordon is in the back of your mind? Are you, are you watching it? Are oh, you it's not in the it? back of my mind, Larry. <laughs> I am rooting with every fiber of my being in the front of my mind, as small of a, of a space as that is. Trust me, every decision that happens in the game is either ju- it's either uh, sadness or euphoria, like the Billy Joel song. Well, mm-hmm. it's that, Sunday, there was a lot of uh, sadness, not a lot of euphoria. Not a lot of euphoria, huh? No. All right, let, let's take, since you, since you were driving the Bills bandwagon, let's talk about that game. And you know what, Gordon? It, it's, I'm on the air watching it last night, and it was just amazing. You look at how they were playing, how Buffalo was playing Kansas City secondary, and you look how Kansas City was playing Buffalo secondary, and Gordon, the weapons. They have, the Kansas City has individual guys who are team weapons. Right? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's like Tyreek Hill is a team weapon, but he's an individual guy that takes the top off defenses by himself. By himself. And it's not just the top. There, there was one play where he caught, I don't know, like an eight-yard pass. The defender was standing maybe a foot away. And he was able to with his – and now this is – he's going up against a you know an NFL Pro Bowl-level cornerback. And he is able to just run away from him for about a 60-yard gain on just that one play. And if it's not him that's beating you, I know I've joked in the past with you that Travis Kelsey was, is open on every single play. On Sunday, last night, he was open every single play. On Saturday when I did the show, I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm on the Bills, but one of my main concern is, Bills don't do very well covering tight ends. No one in the NFL did a worse job of covering tight ends this year than Buffalo. And Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. So that's one of your concerns. It didn't seem like they ever had a real plan to cover him. It seemed like their plan was, hey, let's not get beat deep. 
let's not let this get ugly, and we'll let them have the underneath stuff. And the underneath stuff was a lot of Travis Kelsey. It's so funny, Gordon, because as you know, what do defensive coordinators say? We got to take something away from you. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can't let you do – we got to take something away. Well, you can't take Tyreek Hill away. You clearly can't take Kelsey, Travis Kelsey away. I mean, what do you take away? You try to pressure Mahomes, and Mahomes, even with the bad toe, he was able to extend plays and just drive and just extend, 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 throw some back. I mean, they looked so good yesterday, Gordon. It, it, they, they looked like they did before. Like these past couple of weeks Absolutely. was like, it was like, oh, you know, they're not playing that well. You know, people are like, ah, they're kind of bored. They yes. looked like, oh, no, no, we're back. We're back. They, it's time to play now. Yeah, they look like a defending championship team that was slightly bored by the regular season, and now it's time to flip the switch and they flipped it, and uh, they flipped the Bills in the process because, you know, that was, it. That was a measuring stick game for the Bills, right? Like, yeah. they know there's a gap between the team they are and the team they want to beat, the Chiefs are the team they want to beat. And they got to see that gap, and that gap is very wide. Now, I'm not saying that they can't narrow the gap over the years ahead. This was an excellent season for the Bills, not to take anything away from it, but they got to see an excellent team yesterday, and the Bills did not have an excellent day. And it was pretty much that one – even though the final score might have indicated it was a little bit closer than what the game actually played out because that was Chiefs all day, every day. That second quarter when they scored the 21 points and did so like they were lying in a hammock, that game was over from that point on. It almost seemed like, Gordon, the, the, hard, the hard way fumble where the Bills scored and didn't get the extra point, it seemed like that made, the, that made Kansas City angry. Like they yeah. just responded like, oh, okay, oh. Oh, okay. All right. I see. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, you, you keep in mind, the Bills had a 9 nothing lead in the game, right? right. They had a yeah. 9 nothing lead after the fumble, the, the, the mixed extra point, obviously, and a field goal. And when that second quarter hit and the Chiefs, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, we've been watching The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And the spaceships will hit a warp drive, you know, the, the warp speed. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like, shoo, the thing's gone. That was the Chiefs playing the Bills. The Bills didn't have a warp speed. The Chiefs did, and they used it in that second quarter. You know, I felt kind of bad for Josh Allen yesterday because he tried. He was running. He was throwing. He was doing everything he could. But give Kansas City credit, their defense, they did not – here, Stephon Diggs is not beating us. If you win this game, it's right. not because you threw to him, yes. clearly. Yes. And they took him away from – and it was, it, was tough, it was tough sledding for them offensively. Yeah, and he has – look, Josh Allen has had a, great, had a great season. This is not to take anything away from his regular Mm-mm. season. Uh, his postseason still leaves a little to be desired. And yesterday, for a guy who's gotten in trouble in the past in playoff games, trying to too too much, there were like three or four, maybe it was five sacks that he took, it felt like, where he lost like 20 yards on the play. I mean, it was like he was trying, he was obviously trying to do way too much, either take the sack, lose the five yards, don't keep running backwards. Uh, That did not help. Now, that's not the reason they lost the game. They lost the game because they are not as good as the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best team, and the Bills are not really that close, at least not yesterday. But yeah, Josh Allen, there's still some things that he needs to clean up in his game. 
It is. It is. And, you know, that's how you learn. It's unfortunate. It, you know, you sit back, you look at the video. It's going to take you a couple of days. You don't really want to see it. You're still hurt by it because you know the season you had. You know how you prepared and everything. But, you know, the reality hits that you got some more work to do. And you need some more personnel. And, and that's the other part. You know, the running game, uh, they needed to have a bit more work in the run game for them. And, yeah. you know, just, just some other things. Just things so that they could keep uh, Kansas City's offense off the field and that's what they needed to help that defense because listen the only way they can't score is if they're sitting on the sideline yeah and and another thing that you have to learn and you would think that nfl head coaches know this by now and this was a factor in the other game too field goals generally just make you feel like you lost prettier field goals are saying that we're you know almost that you are not really even trying to win the game you're just trying to make the game appear closer. If you are relying on field goals to cap off drives, you are not going to win. Clearly, Now, I get it. If the Bills, uh, on, a, on a couple of field goal attempts that they had, if they had decided to go for it, I'd have to go back and look at the down and distance. And they don't get it, right? Say it's fourth and eight, and they, they don't get it. It's going to look ugly, and people are going to say, what the heck is Sean McDermott trying to do here? Yeah. Well, he's trying to win the game. Because if he kicks field goals, he is not. You are not beating the Kansas City Chiefs by kicking field goals. Forget it. You have to score touchdowns. And I get it. If you don't get the first downs or you don't get the touchdowns, you're going to be even further behind. But what you got to see yesterday was the field goals didn't do a whole bunch. They they don't do any damage. They don't. You know, to a team like the Chiefs, they'll just come right back and put seven on you. Yeah, there's you, you can't beat them with threes. And you know. And you understand that that makes sense, Gordon, in the regular season. But get this. It's more important in the postseason. You don't want to – you want to make sure you score sevens every time because the caliber of talent of team that you're facing is much different. It's not, this is not week three in the National Football League. This is the championship. These teams are here because they're really good. And yeah. you have to put points on the board if you want to win these games. Now, look, I will say this. I don't really th- – after watching the game, and look, I was rooting for the Bills. I was betting on the Bills. I, you know, I was on the Bills. Mm-hmm. After watching the game and thinking what I thought going into the game, clearly what I thought was wrong. I thought the Bills were, uh, were a much liver underdog are livelier underdog than they were. There's not many ways after watching those two teams play that the Bills really could have competed against the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. They just, you know, just the way the game went about, they were not going to be in that game. The other game, on the other hand, there were some opportunities. So I don't crush the Bills too much as much as I would crush the Packers. The Packers' performance to me, much more disappointing than the Bills. The Bills still had an excellent season, uh, but they got to see the gap, and the gap is is, is fairly uh, significant. And they, I mean, they got a lot of work to do to be able to close that gap. At least they know exactly who they're chasing, though. The only thing I'll say to that, Gordon, is because Kansas City's offense is so prolific, you know that trading threes with them is not going to get it done. You've got to put sevens up, yes, absolutely, because of what they because of their quick strike ability. I mean, you talked about it, Terry Kilrand. It was a what, five-yard game. 71 yards later, he's at the four. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> on one play, on one yeah. play. So you know facing them, you can't do that. It's like covering the Jets for all these years, okay? Right. And covering the Jets, and you face New England, you're facing Denver, you're facing the Colts, and you say, listen, for these high-profile offenses, you know what the defense wants? The defense wants the offense to stay on the field. 
<laughs> and get sevens because guess what? Here's what we know. Three's not going to get it done against these, these, these great scoring teams. And that's what Kansas City is. And that's what and that's what Todd Bowles is going to be thinking about the next two weeks. This what? is a perfect example. I went back into the game log. Okay, so it's 24-12 Kansas City, third quarter, fourth and three from the Kansas City eight, and the Bills decide there to kick a field goal. Yeah. I mean, that, that is basically surrendering the game and saying, you know what, we're going to lose, but we won't lose as ugly as it possibly could be. And, and really what it comes down to is – like, the decision that you make should be the decision that your opponent hates the most. Rather, mm-hmm. you know you know what Andy Reid was thinking. Let them take the field goal. Fanta- yeah. That's fantastic. 24-15. Yep. I'd much rather have that than them going for the touchdown there. Same thing in the, you know, Green Bay deciding to go for a field goal down eight with about two minutes to go. You know that the, the Buccaneers are thinking to themselves, fantastic. Take the field goal. That, mm-hmm. you, you almost have to coach to the opposite of, of whatever your, your opponent wants you to do. Yeah, exactly. And well, I didn't have a decision on that one. Um, yeah, that wasn't my decision. But I understand the thinking above two minutes with uh, all of our timeouts. But, yeah, that wasn't my decision. Aaron Rodgers. Was it his decision? No, it wasn't his decision. Interesting. No, wasn't his decision. He knew nothing about it. And, and what makes it so interesting, Gordon, and welcome back. This is ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. What makes that so interesting, Gordon, is, and I think Kay, LaGreca, and Rosenberg made the point earlier, if that's Tom Brady, Tom Brady's making that decision. Tom Brady's saying, no, we're going for it on fourth down. And here is a scenario where, I mean, this is, this is a second-year head coach. And you mean to tell me that, Rogers not only doesn't know, doesn't make the decision, but is not even aware that that's what they're going to do on fourth down. Because Gordon, I think looking back, if you know you're not doing, if you know you're, if you don't get the fourth down, you're kicking the field goal. I don't think they run the same three plays before the fourth down. Yeah, I don't think so either. And and really, you know, it gets down to this. People said this at the time when you're basically deciding to take your defense, which granted they had some interceptions in the second half, but did not play all that great of a game. You're relying on them more than you're going to rely on your future Hall of Fame quarterback (laughs) who, oh yeah, by the way, just so happens he will be the MVP of the league this year. This year he'll be the MVP and you're deciding to kick a field goal Granted, you got the timeouts, you got the two-minute warning, you got a break by the, the kick returner doing what he did. You're deciding to rely on your defense rather than relying on your all-world quarterback. Field goals do not get it done in the playoffs. And again, I, I'll pose to you, right? Like when, when the Packers decide to kick that field goal, do you think the reaction of the Buccaneers was, oh, no, or fantastic by all means? I think it was fantastic by all means. Of course it was, because yeah. here's the other side of the equation, Gordon. And this is with all due respect, okay, with all due respect, this is not Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold on the other side of the field. This is Tom Brady. And this is Tom Brady who, who Gordon, doesn't need to score seven. He just needs to get first downs and force you to give up your three, your three timeouts. He doesn't even have to score. Nope. He just needs to force you to give up your timeout. So – from that standpoint, how does that make sense? You're right there. You're at the eight. 
you go inside and, and you get that. And here's what you do. Okay, we don't make it. If you don't make it on fourth and eight in that situation, you don't deserve to win, number one. And number two, they got to go the length of the field, Gordon. They got to go. They're at the eight. Right. Okay? That, that's the other thing that I don't like giving up in that scenario and why I'm generally uh, – I'm in favor of being far more aggressive when you're down that far, right? Like, if okay, you know, usually it's if the team's at the one, two, or five or whatever. Okay, fine. You don't get the touchdown. That's disappointing, right? But then you're leaving the team at the eight-yard line rather than kicking it off and giving them, you know, better field position to start their drive, a clean slate. I don't know. I just feel like that that's an added part of it that just does not make sense. Now, the larger part of it is getting three when you need eight and needing to get the ball back from Tom Brady. I mean, it just makes no sense whatsoever. And I was staring at the TV while it was going on, thinking to myself, what, 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 do, they, what do they do? What, what are you thinking there? Yeah, exactly. What are you thinking? What are you doing? When you're at this point, like everybody's trying to beat the Chiefs, right? Like the Chiefs are the defending champ. Do you think for a second Andy Reid at the eight-yard line, you know, in that situation is going to be kicking the field goal? No. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? No. Mm -mm. Now, I will say this. I don't think that that decision lost them the game. I think it was a terrible decision. But I don't think it lost in the game. I don't think that the pass interference call, while a terrible call, I mean, just a terrible <laughs> call, to not be calling it the entire game and then get duped by the wide receiver essentially flopping, that's a terrible call at that point when you've not called anything all day. But I don't think that that lost the Packers the game. I think what lost the Packers the game was they didn't play as well. I think that's, yeah. the, I mean, we all kind of come up with all these different reasons, well, this thing and that thing. At the end of the day, the Buccaneers' defense was better. Their pass rush was better. Their, their weapons were, you know, did a better job in the course of the game than, than the Packers did. And while Brady was not, you know, vintage Brady, threw three interceptions on the day, unfortunately for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers needed to be perfect, and he was not perfect. Well, here's what happened, Gordon. What you said is true. All that is correct. And they still had a chance to win. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and they yep. still and, – and if you make a couple of different decisions, Gordon, they win ugly. They still won. You know, they find a way to, to bounce. They find a way to win despite the fact that they had several missed opportunities, as you mentioned. Brady threw it, what, three consecutive drives? Yeah, yeah. And, and it they, never they got happens. a touchdown on the first one. The second one I went back and looked. First down – they got a pass rush, and, and, and Rodgers kind of floated a ball that almost looked like it was a little bit of a fumble. It would missed everybody. The second pass was a dump ball for five yards. Third down was a sack, so then they have to punt. They get another interception. First down, uh, a sack. Second pass was an overthrow by Rodgers. It was, it was kind of on his hands, but, it, you know, the, the guy kind of just missed it. And then, um, and then the third down, I think, what I can't even read my writing, but I think it was another <laughs> overthrow. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they had those two drives back-to-back, back, and they didn't even get a first down. They couldn't even get anything going with the MVP. So that's kind of on Rodgers. It's kind of on the team. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of lost the game in a variety of ways. And, and for Lafleur, they lost the game pretty much in the first half. They, they, I mean, think about how bad this was. And now, look, this is hindsight. I didn't think this at the time. But you decide to defer, right? You give the ball to Brady right out of the box. Rather than getting your MVP, you know, an early lead, right? 7 nothing mm-hmm. is still a lead. You give it to Brady. They come down, get a touchdown. You do, you do that because you're hoping 
end of the second quarter, you'll score, hopefully, right at the end, and then you get the ball, and it's like you're doubling up. You, you give up the 40-yard the, the touchdown pass right before, <laughs> right before the end of the half, <laughs> and then you come out, and you give up the, the – you, you turn over the ball on the, uh, on the opening kickoff, and you give up a touchdown there. Yeah. That was you a just, disaster. It was. It was. And, of course, uh, the kid Miller, huh? <laughs> right before the end of the half? I mean, you know, I was How thinking was about that? putting money on him to score at any time touchdown. Wow. I said, ah, that's ridiculous. You know, it's going to be it's gonna be the big weapons. Maybe Gronk gets involved. Maybe uh, the, the tight end, Brate, he gets involved maybe. It's not going to be Scotty Miller. And then Miller's right down the sidelines. I mean, that was just a dagger right then and there. You knew at that point, if you didn't already know, Packers are in trouble. Yeah. And and they were, <laughs> yeah. And look, and Brady, you know, for all the, the the bouquets that we're throwing at Tom Brady for going to his tenth Super Bowl, he was not great yesterday. He no, was not great. Through you know, I mean, he, nope. he did everything he could to put the Packers back in the game. He did. I tell you, who came out smelling like a rose in that game, and that's that's uh, Todd Bowles and his defense. Absolutely, they did a nice job. And, and look what they did, you know, the week before, in in, in uh, New Orleans. Because, you know, listen, they won that game defensively in New Orleans. They didn't mm-hmm. win that game offensively. So, I mean, Todd Bowles is, has ended up doing – he's come out uh, with two really, really impressive game plans. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, he did it, you know, against the Saints with Drew Brees who couldn't throw the ball more than five yards. Yeah. Yesterday he did it against the MVP. Yeah. And interesting stat, this year Rodgers has only taken 25 sacks – Ten of them have come against the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. That's right. So they obviously he obviously has a way of devising a defense that confuses Rodgers. And and look, he had a you know he threw for a lot of yards. He did have some touchdowns, but he took some bad sacks and some bad spots. And those two drives, I would have to think if you're a Packer fan, for all the talk about the the field goal, the pass interference, those two drives off of interceptions, not even being able to get a first down, they have to absolutely drive you nuts. They do. We've had a couple of those, and every one of them is tremendous. And and I wouldn't expect this to be any different. They got it. They got a tremendous team there. So and those two have a lot of respect for each other. You remember when Tom came into the locker room after the championship game and talked to Patrick, and Patrick responded like, you know, a young young guy would respond to the goat. And and so um, you know, we we look forward to the opportunity to play them. And I, I know Pat does with Tom, and likewise Tom, I'm sure does you know with Pat. So it'll, it'll be should be a heck of a football game. Andy Reid on Super Bowl Fifty Five, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. We will have a lot of time to talk about that. But it was interesting to hear uh, Andy Reid talk about these two fantastic quarterbacks uh, and the respect that they have for each other, Gordon. Did you know, Larry, that this is going to be Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl? Have you heard that? Have you heard uh, that? Yeah, I think I've heard it 10 times already. Really? <laughs> Has been was... out there quite a bit, huh? Oh, uh, and, and there's more coming. Yeah, oh, oh, we have two weeks now to yes. just revel. And look, all due respect, it's just in terms of a storyline, you know, it's it's kind of played out. Yeah, it is. It is, as is. <sighs> See, we told you. He didn't need Belichick. Belichick needed Brady. See, we knew he's the GOAT. He's Well, maybe he is the GOAT, but maybe he's all falling off a cliff. I no, he's need, not falling I off a cliff. He's climbing up the wall. I mean, it'll stop. Yeah, I need fewer GOATs. I don't need any more GOATs. <laughs> I, I need less conversation about GOATs. 
No, no Mount Rushmore at the, oh at the Denver God. table. Oh, my God. And can we get LeBron somehow in the – every conversation has to go back to this guy. Can we leave LeBron out of it? How about Michael Jordan? Oh, of course. Well, if you don't have LeBron, you have to have Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I know. I know. Off to the phones we go at 1-800-919-3776. Mark is in Newark. Mark, you're batting leadoff, and happy birthday. On ninety eight seven eight. Well, well, thank you, Larry. <laughs> From Stevie Wonder. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, you know, we do it big here. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, your your commercial said that you know I was supposed to get a birthday card shaped like cash. I didn't get that. Well, you know, you know, the mail has been late from what I hear. Mark, it's FanDuel promo code Gordon. That's how you get the cash. (laughs) Okay, Um, I just want to throw out some observations. Um, The first one is, boy, the Chiefs look like a video game. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but if anybody doesn't think that Eric Bieniemy should be teaching somebody some kind of his version of that system. I'm, I can't scream from the rooftops anymore. Uh, they're they're stupid. Um, the next observation is uh, Aaron Rodgers is mad. <laughs> he is he is he is lit. He is so sick and tired of having a loser defense. Pathetic. Every year his defense stinks, and he's got one guy he likes. Every year it's the same thing. His defense stinks, and he has one guy that he likes. I mean, I'm sorry, but he, he wants to get his other Super Bowl, and he doesn't want it to be with Green Bay anymore. That's the way I feel about that. Another observation. Last observation. You know, I was watching uh, the the uh, Packers and their their halftime their halftime fiasco. Uh, it, it really reminded me of the Jets on that last play when the Raiders got. Yeah, it was, it was pretty similar, Mark. There's no question about that. Happy birthday, my friend. Enjoy it. We'll talk soon. Um, it, it was a lot like that because, Gordon, there was a safety help over the top was a rumor on that play. Yeah. I, look, I, I thought Brady's throw had to be far. You know, um, um, I'm blanking on the Raiders quarterback right now, uh, Carr. He, he yeah. just kind of – he, he it's almost like he knew that there was not going to be anybody deep, and he just kind of heaved it up there hoping that his receiver was going to be back there, and it, and it just per- turned out perfect. I thought Brady's throw was, was a far better throw. But, yeah, I don't know how – and they took a timeout. I Before know. that play, they took a timeout. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what did you talk about during the timeout? I don't know. Maybe bring up. Let's not get. Let's not get anybody behind us. Now I think they were more focused on the field goal. But again, field goals aren't going to win it for you. Touchdowns are. That's right. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey, what's going on? Happy brother. Happy birthday to the soul brother up there in Newark. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting older. You're getting better, baby. <laughs> Listen, this is a wild weekend. You know, with Green Bay. You know, I feel for both sides. I feel for um, Aaron Rodgers, but I feel for Matt LaFleur, too. When you're the young guy coming in as a supervisor and you're supervising that older cat that's been on the job for a minute, that's not a pretty situation. And that thing is not going to end well. I, you know, I, I wish the best of both parties concerned. Now, with Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, and possibly Aaron Rodgers being on the trade block, listen, 
I love my man Robert Caesar Salad because, you know, I, I hear about how we're going to get Deshaun Watson because he's here, and I'm getting real excited about him. But Joe Douglas, man, you know, you're going to be lucky if you get a fourth-round pick with those quarterbacks out there for Sam Donald. <laughs> yeah. But listen, all jokes aside, and I, and I hate to do this, but I have to go at the Dolphins fan on, on, on the show. Did I hear you say that Josh Allen needs to – your assessment of that game yesterday was that Josh Allen needs to get better. At, listen to me. Listen. If you, anybody who thought that they were going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs when their deficiencies on defense or a pass rush and covering the tight end, I mean, hello, there was no way. Like Herm Douglas used to say, Herm Edwards used to say, hello, there was no way they were winning that game at all. Well, and, no, Josh and, I, Allen, and I said that. I said that the gap really? is very, very wide. All I said, the only criticism I had of, of Josh Allen was when you're taking a sack, take the sack at five to seven yards. Don't keep running backwards and lose 20 yards on the play. And he did that several times yesterday. And he still has those kind of like brain fart moments in games, which for a player of his, you know, like if the Bills are kind of what we think they are, he's got to eliminate those before they're at that level. If anybody had a brain fart, and I love him as a coach, it was McDermott going for those field goals oh, from terrible. the three-yard line. Absolutely if anybody terrible. had a brain fart, it was him. And listen, um, with, with Allen, he beat the Ravens, but let's be honest, it's debatable whether his team had better talent than they did or not. He's right where he needs to be as a third-year player. And as um, Uncle was saying a little while ago, he was running. He was, listen. This team wasn't better. They had no chance in that game. Absolutely. He was doing the best thing he could. You're coming off like a little bit of a hater as a Dolphins fan. No, Come on, all. man. You Look, wish all to I'm saying is Josh Allen got sacked like four times. for 50, He lost 53 yards on four sacks. Yeah, but look at what he was trying to do. I got I don't a guy know. on the look, other side. Look, I understand. Who's, Forcing who's, the ball like, into spots. If, that, if you like, end up losing because of that, that's fine. Taking sacks of 15 yards when you're when it's clear you're not going to complete a pass, just take the sack and play for the next play. That's it's just a minor good, criticism. It's not, I'm not crushing him. I'm not saying he can't be. In the middle of the battle, the man was doing whatever he could. Come on, stop it. That critique is a little bit. That, that's a bit much for a third year player, man. Come on, he's a third year player. You but we're talking Sam about Donald him as being an MVP candidate this year. I expect more out of an MVP candidate in that type of game. I'm not putting a loss in his feet, but I'm saying when you have a reputation of doing dumb things like that, maybe wipe that out of your game. Come on. Stop it. There was nobody open. when you looked at, Okay, so take the sack you. and play for the next play. When you take a 15-yard sack, you ruined that drive. Come on. Like, stop. Buddha, what was if he getting was out of Tua, it? If Tua was doing what he did. I would say the same thing. Fan, you'd so be what? Happy. We're supposed to say, you I know mean, what? He took a 15-yard sack, destroyed this drive, but you know what? He was trying to make something happen. He destroyed any drive that they had was because of him. Look at the plays before. Right, that. and they he scored no points. Plays with people they scored a touchdown off a of fumble, and they scored a garbage time touchdown. Come on. Like, come on, stop. I know you're a Dolphins fan, but I'm you not. I'm not it, killing him. You I'm just saying he's got to wipe out on. that play of his game. Don't be. Don't look to do a too much. Year? 
as a th- listen. That whole offense is based around him. They don't even have a running game. He's doing everything he can. Come okay. on. You don't think you're being a little bit harsh, bro? Come on. No, I don't. I think that wiping out 15-yard sacks out of your game should be an easy thing to eliminate. Easy? easy? Yes. Listen, don't, don't. You when you're listen. already in you the grasp the of the Black, defender, Black, don't keep running is, backwards. You said this game is not over. That Chiefs defense in the playoffs – I don't care what they do from week one to week 16. In the playoffs, they generate a pass rush, and they get turnovers. After I got off the phone with you loud yesterday, they had two turnovers. Right yeah. after I got off the phone with you, like, come on, man. Like, come on, let's be for real. He's a third-year player. He's doing the best he can. He doesn't have no the question. best team. He doesn't. Come on. Like, I'm bro, not questioning on. anything it, that you're like, saying on, about it. being a third-year player, but he's, he's the reason why, a big reason why, that you're there. He can't be having, you know, it's not his first playoff game. He's had some playoff experience now, and he should be realizing, you know what? Let's not, not, let's not ruin a drive by trying to do something stupid. He got lucky in, in the Colts in the playoff, game with that fumble that he recovered. He's had in the brain playoff, fart moments. The he has to eliminate those. This, this, young man's, this young man's arrow was on the rise. Come Absolutely, on, like, of course on, it is. It. Let's stop it, man. Come on, let's seriously. Oh, stop so it, because bro. his because his arrow is on the rise, I can't have any negatives. To, you can't point out any negatives about him. He was in a gum battle with a butter knife. He was doing the best <laughs> that he could. Come on. Okay, all right. So when you get when you get when you get sacked uh, on a on a on a play where you know you're driving and that sack single handedly ends the drive essentially then it's not fair to criticize the quarterback. They because he, he had a good season. This year. He, 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 look at these percentages of their offense. So now with, he's been on the no, team. No, I'm not questioning he's been any like of that. 70% of their offense all season, and in his mind, he's supposed to go in the AFC Championship game and be like, you know what, let me not try to – he did the best he could. His team how it, wasn't Buddha, how is running pass. backwards when you're about to be sacked and carrying the defender back with you, how is that helping his cause? Listen, he was doing what he thought he <laughs> okay. could do to help Well, he's got to do a better job than that. To compete. There was nobody open. It's easy to sit from the couch and sit there and say, yeah, well, he should have thrown this. He was trying anything. Okay, all right. So when when, when any quarterback makes a stupid play where he should have just thrown the ball away rather than trying to fight off a defender with one hand and throw with the other one, we can't criticize him because he was trying to make a play. Yes, he single-handedly ruined the drive in the process and would have been better served just throwing the ball away and playing for the next down even when coaches tell him that, but we're not allowed to criticize him for taking sacks like that. He was doing the best he could. All right, he I was get trying it. I to do it. too much. I get it. He was trying it. to do too much because he didn't have equal talent. All right, so okay. we agree on that. Thanks, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. Interesting so, discussion. So, so when they have a drive, it's second and eight at the Buffalo 41, and Josh Allen takes a sack for 15 yards and now makes it into a, a third and 33 or whatever it was after that. We're not allowed to – I'm not saying it's a big part of his game, but for a guy who has had brain fart moments during playoff games, one of the reasons why he's taking this big step forward this year is because he eliminated those mm-hmm. and made – you know, and, and just stepped forward with his overall play. He eliminated the mistakes and, and excelled. I think he has to eliminate those mistakes, and sometimes, you know what, if, you're, if, it, if it's not there, 
Just take the loss and, and, and play for the next down and don't ruin the entire drive in the process. It, it, it's a tough thing, Gordon, for quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, because they always think they can make a play. You know, they always do. And it was really incumbent upon his coaches on the side to say, hey, listen, we understand what you're trying to do, okay? Throw it away. Right, okay. that's all I'm saying. Throw it away. All right, we understand, we know, we, we want you to be aggressive. We're not trying to trick, take your aggressiveness away from you, but do us a favor and throw it away because then what happened was when he lost all the yardage, Gordon, he had to run and get try to get all that yardage back right. to, to help flip the field the other way. So it, it's a learning experience for him, and that's what they got to work on. And, and by no means was he the, the biggest ahead, weakness Gordon. for them. I'm not saying that he was the biggest weakness for them, but that was a weakness in his game. And as as, as a guy who was counted on coming in, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but for them to have a chance to win, he had to almost play a perfect game, Gordon. Absolutely. He had to almost play a perfect game. And (laughs) when you're playing Kansas City, it's hard for you to play a perfect game. It really is. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, a lot to talk about. We've been focusing on the um, NFL Conference Finals, and rightfully so. But you know what? The Yankees are are, are making some moves, Gordon. And, and just, you know, in listening to some of the Yankee fans and uh, reading some of the things, I think th- there's a little confusion as to – like, what's going on here with this Yankee team as far as the moves they're making, especially with, with arms, which is, you know, something that we knew they needed to do from the starting rotation. But also, this bullpen is not as strong as it was the past two seasons. No, losing uh, Tommy Canely, right, already, and then uh, trading away Adovino today. Uh, I don't know. Look, they've opened up some money with the Adovino deal, and I think we talked about it last week that it was a situation for the Yankees, which clearly, if you're upset that the Yankees are not making blockbuster moves, your your uh, anger really should be much more pointed towards Hal Steinbrenner than it should be to Brian Cashman. It's, it's clear Brian Cashman is making the moves based on the, the cap or the uh, budget that has been given to him. So I, I think that while the Yankees are spending, you know, a lot of money, they have not had a lot of free money to go out and sign this free agent or that free agent. So I think the the uh, the problem there, uh, really for at least this offseason, is much more a Hal problem than it is a Brian Cashman one. I, you know, I like uh, I like the Tyone move, but it's not one that I have a whole high level of confidence that it's going to work out. But you didn't give up anything. Like mm-hmm. you gave up four prospects that were probably never going to play for the Yankees. He's in a high. Uh, high leverage kind of arm that uh, might turn out to be okay. But but given his injury history and given Brian Cashman's track record when it comes to starting pitching, mm-hmm. let's just say I'm not going out and uh, and hitting the uh, FanDuel app on that one. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And then the Adovino trade. And once again, I understand about cutting salary and whatnot. Ben, you know, it, it, was just, it was just weird for me, A, because they traded him to Boston, yes. which is, you know, always crazy. Weird. Which is always weird because I didn't know they were even speaking. <laughs> the two teams. And then the other part of it is that was just in retrospect, man, did his stock drop. You go back to not this year, but the last year postseason where he just got lit up. And yes. then this year he, he, he never recovered. Gordon, he never well, did. You know what? This year was weird because it was the He had that one outing where he gave up like seven runs or something like that. I don't think he recorded an out. It was against the Blue Jays, and the Yankees completely like just, you know, soiled the sheets down the, the stretch. 
if you take out that one start, during the regular season, he was pretty much, I think, the same guy. But he was a guy, when you came in, you really had high hopes that he was going to be one of these real high-leverage guys. And in the postseason, he, you just couldn't rely on him. They, it was clear that the Yankees did not trust him in big, big spots in October. So uh, that's part of the reason why I think, I think the money is as well, right? Because if you look at the Yankees' payroll, the guys that are really making money – you can't move, right? I mean, mm. they, they're, they're here forever. So, and you want them here. I'm not saying you don't, but you can't move the guys that are making, you know, the $100 million. And then you try and find a lot of the productive players, the younger players, that are not making any money. So it was kind of hard to find. If you're looking to create salary space, finding people to trade off the roster that can kind of give you that space, there's not that many guys. It was Adovino. It's, uh, you know, Aaron Hicks is making like $10 million. There's not that many guys in that like $10 million range. Yeah. And, of course, with that move for Adovino, they move under the luxury tax, and that's, that's what they wanted to do. So, Clearly. you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Now, uh, Gordon and I had a conversation before, and there's one thing that Gordon is very concerned about with the money being spent. I'm not going to share that with you now, but he'll tell you about that in a couple of minutes. Go back okay. to the phones. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry and Gordon. How are you doing? Good, Charlie. What's going on, man? Uh, uh, I had a nice weekend. Uh, I guess a nice weekend, I guess. Um, certainly, the guys been talking about the the stupid, was the not kicking the field goal. That was a losing mentality. Um, on and on and on. Uh, Coach should be shamed himself, and Aaron Rodgers yet again can't. I mean, it's hard to blame him, but one and four in championship, Another waste this season, but main thing I want to talk about is uh, the Yankees with the pitching moves over the weekend and what they did with uh, getting Tyone and I think trading out of Vino was I think just a salary dump, I guess. Yes, and I mean to the Boston Red Sox, but well, the Yankees now have the scouting report on their own, so they can run on them, especially late in the, late in the game. But I think what they're the Yankees doing mainly for in terms of like getting Tyone is I think. Behind, we know uh, the Yankees know that Cole's number one. I think everyone knows that Cole's number one. They're trying to find out that who is like the second guy. Who like they're trying to gamble on these pitchers: Kluber, Tyon, hope Severino comes back. But who is the second guy? Or well, possibly if they hit on one of them, I think they should have a nice playoff rotation, or or maybe three of them. Then that would be like home run to me. Uh, that's, a lot, so, that's a lot of question marks to turn into exclamation points for that to work uh, out. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, yep, we're here, Charlie. Oh, oh, oh I, I thought you guys hung up on me. So, yeah, that's a lot of question marks. But uh, I know Michael K said earlier uh, on the show, like, uh, they're trying to get us get a salary for Brett Gardner. No, 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 no. no. Don't get him, Brett Gardner. Uh, goodbye, Brett Gardner. We all love you uh, for the 09, but. Next time come the Yankees, uh, it's 09 reunion. So, Brett Garner again, uh, 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 goodbye until the 09 reunion. Uh, just, oh, I think they need, reliever. they need a reliever, certainly. They need a reliever and a lefty bat. Please give me a lefty bat. I need that balance on the line. Yeah, the That's lefty bat is going to be Brett Gardner. Oh, come on. I, I, look, Charlie, I, I'm not a huge fan either. He had a very good uh, 2020. He had, a, he had some hits oh, in the postseason for a change. I'm telling you right now, the Yan- find someone in your life, Charlie, who loves you like the Yankees love Brett Gardner. Oh, come on. I mean, Brett I'm Gardner, I mean, he's you, done. He's done. Go someplace else, please. 
No, no. I'm, look, the, Sorry, no. Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. <laughs> if the if the FanDuel had that as an option, bet that the Yankees bring back Brett Gardner, I would be pushing all the chips into the center of the table, as the Jim Fossil once said. That's right. Yeah, we're go- we're all in. <laughs> and and you can see it. You know, they love him. Like you said, they love him. They love they love his leadership. They love the intangibles, Gordon. They love what he brings to the table, and he's the right price. Yes, he fits into the price range that they yes. want. Yes. You know, now they, I'm sure there's other people, but, you know, they, see, I think there's other people they're looking at, but if not, that's who, they'll, that's who they'll bring back. It's similar to what the Mets situation is, right, with Brad Hand. So they didn't get Brad Hand, but, the, but plan Z was Justin Wilson. Okay, we had Justin Wilson, he was here, lefty. He's a couple of years. Eh, he was okay. We wanted, we wanted to get better, but, okay, we didn't get better. We could always go back. We could always bring Justin Wilson back, and I think that's the same thing with the Yankees. We, we could, we'll look for some other lefties or some other, uh, you know, lefty batters or another stick or depth in the outfield because, Gordon, here's the other issue for the Yankees. The outfield is always hurt. They are. Yeah, so, you, yep. you, you know, while – and this year – the guys who saved you in 2019 did not save you in 2020. They did not have the same season. So you're a little concerned. Which which are which are these guys going to be? Are they going to be 2019 or are they going to be 2020? In the event that we have a situation where Aaron Judge is out again and Aaron Hicks is out again and Stanton is out again. Yeah, Stanton. I mean, I don't think Stanton's going to play a whole lot of outfield. But yeah, Hicks and Judge are always hurt, and uh, they got to get. I mean, they need a full season of those guys. But I will be absolutely stunned if the Yankees do not bring back Brett Gardner. I agree with you, though. I think he, I think he will be the guy that comes back in that Yankee clubhouse whenever they start again, whenever they do. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. Gordon. Gordon uh, Larry, you just heard uh, Michael Thompson on the uh, Laker radio station. Do you, do you remember who Michael Thompson's teammate at college was at University of Minnesota? Um, I want to say. I'll give you a hint. Mount Vernon. No, I was going. Ray to Williams. Wow, that's right, Ray Williams. Yeah. Sure, right. sure. I that's think right. they came out the same year. Or oh, no, Williams came out in '77. I think Michael came out that's in '78. Right. Uh, Larry, I was watching an old episode of uh, Mission Impossible the other mm. night, 1968. And uh, Peter Graves and uh, Greg Morris and Martin Landau, they were breaking up a boxing syndicate, you know, uh, fixing fights. You know, it was was fun. But do you know who the guest star was? Sugar Ray. No kidding. But I'm not talking Sugar Ray Richardson and I'm not talking Sugar Ray Leonard. Right, Robinson, not Leonard. Sugar Ray. Yeah. Sugar Ray Robinson. The original. It was great. It was great. It was great. Great Uh, guy. About the Green Bay game, Gordon, you'll, you'll find this interesting. The coach at the end of the game said, well, you know, we had to score the touchdown and then go for two. That's no sure thing. That's where the game was lost. The game that Green Bay lost was at the end of the third quarter. There was five seconds left. They scored a touchdown, and it made the score 28-23, to Tampa. Now Green Bay has a choice, go for the two or go for the one. I don't know why NFL coaches do this all the time. They should read my book, Richard's book from Manhattan. Never go for two unless you have to, have to go for two. And you do not have to go for two at the end of the third quarter. But Richard, so, it, it, it goes, goes, the, the play that they ran for the two, it hit the guy right in the hands and he dropped it. 
committed. And they, they put themselves. But Gordon, they put themselves at a bad spot at twenty-eight, twenty-three. Now, if he went for it, and if he went for the one point, the point after, and got the short thing, but the you know that's like saying you're staying at one, one point. You know, you miss it. If you would have done the short thing and made it twenty-eight, twenty-four. Now it's a different thing when Adam, uh, Aaron Rodgers is down there and they're down by seven. Now when you're down there by seven, it's not as daunting as getting the touchdown and, and the two. That's assuming that the game plays out exactly the same way. It wouldn't have, you know, it's almost certainly it's not going to play out the exact same way. If you would have told any coach, this is the play. Like if you ran the play, remember the old, uh, the old Alcoa presents fantastic, or you make the call. Oh, like yeah, if you yeah, had stopped definitely. the video right when Aaron Rodgers threw the pass to the guy and you had said, how many times does this guy make this catch? You'd say 99.999. This was the other point one or whatever the, you know, the, the, the rate of, uh, of an easy catch because it was an easy catch and he just dropped it. That's why the point after is one or two. You gamble with two, and the one is more of a sure thing. Anyway, that's what that. Now, one last thing. I saw something I never saw in pro football yesterday. At the end of the half, Brady goes to the uh, 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 fourth and three at their own 48, and he just assumes that they're going to punt the ball. And I've never seen that. He goes to the bench. And uh, he puts his parker on, and then I guess they call him back onto the field. They're going to go for it on fourth and three. He must have been shocked because he ran on the field. You know, he put the parker on. And, of course, they get the first down, and then the play after that is the long touchdown pass. But that was unbelievable. I've never seen that where the quarterback, I mean, he didn't even come over and talk to the coach. He didn't look at the sideline to say, are we going? Are we punting? He just ran off thinking or assuming that they were going to punt on fourth and three. And uh, they call him back. <laughs> to me, that was unbelievable. Well, you know, it, it's funny about that, Richard, and thanks for the phone call, is that uh, he was just figuring, I messed up again. <laughs> let's, just, let's just flip the field and think about coming out in, in the second half and making the adjustments. And listen, Bruce Arians surprised him. And, and as it turns out, a big turning point in that game because it changed – how Green Bay looked at and how Green Bay really handled, I think, Gordon, the second half. It was a big difference. There was, there was going to be a four-point four point game. Well, look, I don't know because my team is never in the playoffs, but if I get my team in the playoffs, I want my coach to be aggressive. The way mm-hmm. you win these games is by being aggressive. And look, sometimes it doesn't pan out. The two-point conversion, it didn't pan out. But if you could have given Green Bay that play 100 times, they would take it 100 times, the guy just dropped the ball. That's right. Well, sometimes it just comes down to execution. Like we were talking about the Packers Bucks game, right? Like the reason the Packers lost, Oh, it was the field goal. It was this uh, penalty call. No, they just weren't as good. (laughs) They didn't make the plays necessary when they had the chance to make the plays. The Bucks did. We sound like coaches because that's all they talk about. Execution, execution, execution. Yeah. It's not about who you play. It's how you play. Right. Yep. And when you play them, that's Mm -hmm. the other thing too. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.